1: What's up, everyone? And welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. Joining me today, you know him, of course, is former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. And we have a special guest. It is Aaron Freeman of Locked on Falcons, a great podcast that I highly recommend everybody check out. Um, Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing
2: great. Well, now to will be talking with you. And of course, my favorite Falcons fullback, Ovi Mahaley.
1: <laughs> Appreciate that. Ovi, how you doing, man?
3: I'm good. I, I know it was like me and Mike Cox, like right there, neck and neck. So I appreciate you choosing me. Got it, room.
1: We are, you know, almost to the end of the preseason, mercifully. Uh, we've got one more game left against Jacksonville on Saturday afternoon, which is what brings us here today to talk about and break down that game as well. The final uh, kind of roster battles, things like that. But before we really dive into the nitty gritty of today, Aaron, how are you going to remember the 2022 preseason? Is it going to be fondly?
2: Yeah, it will be fond for me. Um, you know, it was nice to actually see players play, the players that we want to see play. Uh, so last summer was about as dull a preseason as it could get. And this summer, you know, you've seen good, you've seen bad, you know, you've seen everything in between. And you're actually seeing some of these Falcons players play and make plays and do good things. And we're not watching these preseason games bored like we do most summers. So I, I have very positive vibes from this summer.
3: Yeah, see, I don't, I don't know if I can say this out loud, but I don't know a lot of people are <laughs> thinking this. I know this is going to be, we all know this, it's going to be a year where we're just rebuilding. So I don't want us to be too great because I still want to have opportunities in the draft. But the problem is, I think that we're going to be a lot better than people think. I think we're going to be a lot better than people think, uh, even though the, those are low expectations we're saying two or three games, but I see us winning six or seven games because there's talent there. And it's been exciting, you know, like Aaron said, to watch our guys really uh, show that we have something to build with. Again, we know this is not our Super Bowl year this year, but it's exciting seeing some of the younger guys and some of the staples that are are got players will be staples in the future. Show what they can do.
1: You know, I've been thinking a lot kind of over the last couple of days about exactly what you just said, Ovi. So many people are way way down on the Falcons and contrasting that with last year where as the preseason kind of went along and the season crept closer you started hearing talk about Atlanta as maybe that second wild card team like you know could there still be a little bit of some residual talent left over from the Dan Quinn Thomas Dimitrov era that Arthur Smith could tap into and so the seven win season even though I think for those in Atlanta, it was just nice to kind of still be in it midway through the year and not totally be 0-5 out of the gate. Yep. But nationally, I think Atlanta was a frisky team who a lot of people didn't think was very good. Now you have it totally flipped. Everybody thinks Atlanta is going to be horrible. And I think that generally five, six, seven wins feels like the range for this team and maybe We'll feel better about this team kind of coming out of the 2022 season because of the context going in to uh, into this fall. So it's it is funny how narratives really play such a role. And that is Arthur Smith's you know, favorite word, I think, to use and I think his least favorite thing in the world. Um, mm-hmm. So let's create some more narratives. And we're, we're going to do all of that right after this. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, combat sports like MMA and boxing, esports like video games, obviously, and even golf. Winner to Live Tour, PGA, probably both online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's bleav A V five zero to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, um, Ovi. Let's start with you here. Deion Jones made his return to practice on Wednesday. I was there, saw him. He looks like Deion Jones, but he was most notably running with kind of like the third and fourth string linebackers, mm. uh, and and they didn't do a ton of eleven on eleven uh, on Wednesday. It was mostly like red zone and and low red zone drills. But he was in there, and Skelly just kind of third, fourth team linebacker. What does that kind of mean in the locker room when a an established veteran who, at one time, was a Pro Bowler and one of the faces of this franchise—a guy who was put on the front of the yearbook cover—like to see him kind of in the back of the warm-up line, to see him getting run with the third team, the fourth team. Most guys
3: know what um, your teammates are capable of.
1: Uh, I, I use
3: Brent Grimes as an example all the time because even though before Brent Grimes was Brent Grimes, we knew he was Brent Grimes. We we, we knew that he was somebody to be reckoned with. We knew he was locking down top-tier Pro Bowl receivers. We knew he wasn't on the practice squad for long. And uh, it was uh, a thing where the respect was there no matter where you were on the depth chart because if you can ball, you can ball. (laughs) Deion Jones can ball. And, uh, you know, granted the systems and some injuries and, you know, different things have kept him from playing at his best in the last couple of years or at least where he was when him and Foyer were uh you know you know Mario and Luigi Peter Butten Jelly they were you know uh jamming and just ha- ma- making headlines he's not there it hasn't been there for a while but he still has that talent so i don't think you know players are look at him and saying that you know dang you know the mighty has fallen or he's not uh the guy he used to be i think everyone still respects him for what he can do cuz he can still do it and he's has to be put in the right position and plus he has to um i think make sure mentally he doesn't throw himself out of his own game.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that's going to be the big thing is how does he accept having to take on, you know, earning a role again? And he said all the right things. We got a chance to talk to him afterwards. I'm going to actually add the audio of that interview here on the back end of the podcast. So stay tuned for that if you want to listen to what Deion Jones had to say. Um, but Aaron, what do you think about the Falcons' seemingly making him earn his way back into meaningful snaps for this team and kind of learn and grow from it.
2: Yeah, I I don't know what the situation is with Deion Jones because when you look at their off-season moves, it feels like the team was well-prepared to move on from him Mm -hmm. uh, and and added the pieces that they would necessarily need to do so. And then for him, you know, that injury kind of, I guess, potentially derailing – trade talks if, if, if the various rumors are true. Um, and then sort of now that they're welcoming him back into the fold to see what he can provide and presumably off the bench. Um, and you, you kind of wonder, given that Deion Jones has got paid a lot of money, as you say, Will has been kind of the face of the franchise, you know, is that a role that he's comfortable with to, to be a guy that, you know, some weeks might get like five snaps a game. Um, or to have to carve out a role on special teams if he's not going to be a starter, uh, which is typical for, you know, non-starting linebackers. Um, I I don't know if, if Deion Jones is comfortable with that. I don't know if he should be comfortable with that. He's played a lot of good football, uh, you know, over the last six years. And so, you know, it, part of you wonders, does he think there are greener pastures elsewhere? And part of you wonders, does he feel, you know, compelled to to try to earn it back and to prove people that, you know, Um, that have been very critical of his performances these last couple of years, that, you know, there's still a lot of good football left in the tank.
3: I can tell you, Aaron, um, from being almost that, I know from being in that position, the year after my injury, I came back and I was in mini camp with the Falcons and they had drafted uh, Brady Ewing, whatever that guy's, the bum's name was. (laughs) The bum Rocco. he's a bum. Uh, (laughs) They drafted my replacement and, yeah, I was like, I, I was a little bit insulted. I was like, I'm the best gosh darn fullback in the NFC, in the NFL, if you ask me. And I had a small injury, but I came back, and I'm showing you guys a minicamp. I'm the guy. I consider asking for a trade, say, hey, there are greener pastures, but I more so want to show that runt, show Thomas Dimitrov, show, you know, um, Mike Smith, and, and my, my, see the thing, my teammates already knew. Michael Turner already knew I was better than Brady Ewing. <laughs> Jerry Norton knew I was better than Brady Ewing. All the defensive linebackers who I used to, uh, Sean Weathers everybody else was like, oh, why they they the football? I said, I don't know. I guess I'm too expensive. Deion Jones wants to make his name known again in Atlanta. That's his first choice. This is just from a, a football point of view. But um, I, I know that if they don't give him a chance to do that, it's going to be frustrating. If they don't give him a solid, clean chance to show that he still has it, it could be, the guy in Atlanta that absolutely is going to be wanting to trade.
1: I do think that, you know, having kind of observed him in the locker room over the last few years, he's not one that loves the spotlight. He's not always, he doesn't love the media attention. He's not, you know, a huge guy. You know, Grady, I will always give a lot of credit, win or lose. You can tell he doesn't love it, but he stands there and he and he answers the questions. Dion will stand there and answer the questions, but it's even a little more clear that he, he doesn't love that extra mm-hmm. attention. He may be a type of guy who, when you allow him to just focus on ball and just kind of not be one of the guys mentioned as your defensive star when it was Grady and Dion before it was, you know, AJ was here or whatever. It was really just kind of those two guys. Um, maybe he does a lot better. In in a little bit of a role where he just can focus on football and he can actually really, really have a tangible goal in mind and see progress. So we're all hoping for for Dion. Last last question, Aaron, do you how much do you think he'll play on Saturday? And should he play a lot, or should they, you know, kind of use that time to see guys that they have less actual NFL tape on?
2: I would be surprised if they played him on Saturday just because he has like two days of practice. And, you know, I, I know he's a professional, he can do that, but you, you, it's kind of a, a quick ramp up when you've been basically <laughs> been rehabbing for you know two three months uh, to to get on the field, especially when you're trying to go out there and, and show the world that you still got it. You know, you may want to sort of pump the brakes on that. So I'm actually not expecting him to play on Saturday. I, I could certainly be wrong on that. Um, and so I, I think this is an opportunity for the Falcons to see more of Troy Anderson and, and some of these other reserve players like Nate Landman and Dorian Etheridge to see what they can. Uh, contribute. We we know what Deion Jones is. He doesn't necessarily have to go out there and, and show it to us in the third quarter against the Jacksonville Jaguars.
3: Mm-hmm. Can't wait for Troy Anderson. Troy Anderson, <laughs> my man. He is a guy that I want him to prove me wrong. Uh, Aaron, me, and uh, Will have uh, actually just me. I, I've, I've talked extensively about Troy Anderson maybe not being the best pick for us because we had other UGA you know, established stalwarts in the defense that I thought would have been a perfect fit for <laughs> the Falcons. But, you know, Hey, I've been wrong before, not, not often, but I've been wrong before. So I, I really want to see Troy get a one handed interception, you know, blow a, <laughs> uh, a fullbacks, you know, helmet off. I want to see him do something amazing to help me. And probably a lot of other fans understand why he was drafted, but Hey, it's uh it's part of the football world. You got to prove yourself to be uh, given that respect.
1: Ovi will not be pleased until Troy Anderson goes full Aaron Donald and is shown with two opposing team's helmets in his hands, (laughs) just ready to take him on. That's what Ovi is looking forward to.
3: (laughs) High standards. High standards for my linebackers.
1: Yes. Before we get into kind of more of the game, just real quick, want to note that the Falcons today did waive offensive tackle Rick Leonard, which I don't think is a huge surprise. Didn't have a great game um, against the Jets or, uh, sorry, apologize. Um, yeah, no, against the jets. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and then they signed tight end Tucker Fisk who was with the team originally and was part of the initial roster cuts. Anything notable about that move for you guys? Or we think this is just, you know, a tight end who knows this offense because he spent a good bit of camp in it and they've got one more preseason game. They need a body that, that they want to put out there. My
2: takeaway from it is John Fitzpatrick, who, who missed some days of practice this week, is probably not healthy enough to play, so they need right. somebody that they want to run out there in the second half of, of this upcoming game, rather than having to play You know, all the guys ahead of high on the depth chart and yeah. risk injury uh, to those guys You know, playing in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. Um, the Rick Leonard release is not surprising, given that he had a, a very rough outing against the Jets, but it does kind of leave the Falcons a little thin at that tackle position. Um, I know Jermaine Effetti is kinda the guy, but you know, it, it's been interesting given out throughout his career, he has never really played on the left side of the offensive line. Um, and so you don't necessarily have a proven backup behind Jake Matthews in that regard. They have two undrafted free agents and Leroy Roy Watson, who's a converted tight end, and Tyler Vrabel, uh who did play left tackle at Boston College, has been playing exclusively right tackle for the most part in the preseason. So it makes me wonder if the Falcons are may look to shore up that tackle depth when final cuts are made as part of the scouring the waiver wire.
1: Yeah. And, and that makes a lot of sense. I think that it could be a deal where they go into the season backup heavy on the interior, because those are some of the guys where maybe they will have to make a decision one way or the other financially in the future, you get your left tackles or or your backup young tackles on the practice squad, which gives you the flexibility to call them up if need be in a pinch but they may say, look, you know, if Jake Matthews goes down there, there's really not anybody on this roster right now that we feel comfortable long term, depending on if and when he goes down, like, we'll make that decision at that juncture. But I, you know, I don't think that they're going to necessarily keep somebody that they don't think is up to snuff just because they need to fill that position. Like, I think it's all fluid here. And yeah, if anything, the, the Leonard move makes me think that they're just their depth is going to be on the interior and they'll figure it out kind of as they go. Um so let's let's move fully into this final preseason game, Ovi. Going into Saturday, what is the most up in the air position battle for you?
3: Ooh, man! Uh there's a couple. The fullback, no, the fullbacks. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, they don't no battles there. Yeah, one guy. Uh, I, I'd have to say that uh, the interior offensive line. You know, you mentioned some of those guys who are, are fighting for. Uh, positioning, and with all the time and the energy and the picks we spent there and still knowing that Matt Ryan left here being one of the most sacked quarterbacks in, in his tenure, uh, it, it's something that is, you got to fix it. We, we absolutely have to fix it. So uh, being the offensive guy, I take pride in making sure that the quarterback stays clean, and I think the Falcons are, are really looking at some of the interior offensive linemen to find the right guy for them.
1: Yeah, it it is really notable. And I, I think that Mike Rothstein made a point on in, in his last kind of training camp observations. Uh it's crazy that the battle at center has really lasted throughout the entirety of the the preseason. You know, usually, and this is something that Arthur Smith said early on that he wanted to get the offensive line pretty finalized early, because that's something where cohesion and familiarity matters a little bit more than maybe more than any other position. And they've had this thing going all the way and I, it'll continue in that final preseason game. Who knows? I mean, I, I don't think it'll continue into the regular season because like, at not. some point you got to figure it out. But we're kind of on the precipice, it feels like, of that. Um, Aaron, mm-hmm. is there another position that, that you're kind of looking at? You know, we've got kind of running back still seems a little bit up in the mix. Your, your receivers are really bunched together. The D line, the backup guys, like is there another position or is it really that center battle?
2: I mean, it, it's really the center battle, but uh, to talk a little bit further about some other positions, um, I'm, I'm very curious about the D-line depth, right? Mm-hmm. That's where the Falcons are, are been thin. seems like every injury that they've had so far this preseason has been at the defensive line with Vincent Taylor going down, losing an undrafted free agent and Bryce Rogers, Jalen Dalton going down yep. last week as well. Um, and that was a position that they were already entering the summer pretty thin at. They, they added Eddie Goldman he retired after you know a couple of weeks <laughs> in the Georgia sun uh and so he was he was good on that and um it leaves you sort of wondering okay are some of these guys going to emerge I, i've liked what i've seen from Timmy Horn and Abdullah Anderson and Nick Thurman but i don't know if they're going to give you enough that you need uh, to really feel good about that position uh moving forward so it's been a position I've been expecting all summer long that the Falcons would address, uh, you know, again, on the waiver wire next week when final cuts are made. But I'm eager to see if if one of these guys can come out and, and really have that sort of breakout, standout performance. That's like, OK, that guy definitely is going to be not just a guy that you just, you know, stash on the back end of your depth chart, but a guy that can say he's going to contribute on Sundays. So I'm, I'm still kind of waiting for that moment. We, we got brief glimpses of that, you know, the Timmy Horn uh, fumble recovery and and, and those things um, in earlier in the preseason, but like I want to see that guy go out there and dominate. You know the the third string Jaguars offensive line.
1: You're you're talking Ovi's language. He has yeah. been wanting just some dominant form of anything on the defensive line. I mean, how how meaningful would it be if if we get into the third and fourth quarter and just Nick Thurman two and a half sacks. A forced fumble, OV, what would what would you would you be getting Nick Thurman tattooed on your chest? I mean i what mean, would
3: you- I have like big old flags I put on my car and just do big circles <laughs> in my driveway. It, I think that the Falcons, I've talked about this for a while, about the the culture, the identity, the swagger, just that nastiness. Uh, you know, when they put uh, Mud Mudduck into the ring of honor, like as Unassuming as he is, because you see him in the grocery store. like, Oh, that's a you know, pretty nice guy. He was one of the nastiest offensive lineman centers out there. And then you add Tyson Clabo and and uh, my uh, my guy. Gosh, I'm have drawn a blank. uh big right guard. Um, Harvey Doll. Yeah, yeah, Harvey Doll. Of course, uh, the the, the doll man. Uh, we don't have that <laughs> on offense or defense. Like we have flashes of it. No, don't get me wrong. You'll see a play where a guy. Faceplant someone or pancake someone, and you'll see a play where uh, someone's driving this guy five yards on the field. That's great. But, or you'll see a defensive player, you know, get a little nasty. And when you, well, it's hard for defense now because they get flagged on everything. But we used to see that all the time on the years when we went in 13 games, 10 games. And I haven't seen a consistent player do that. Grady will show you, and Gr- Grady's double team, so you can't really go off all the time. I want to see somebody go off. I want to see some young, hungry, blue collar, you know, high motor, doing extra because you got to. It's the third preseason game. You got to make sure that this team and all teams know what you can do. And with that knowledge that this is your dream, this is your moment, this may be the last chance you could put your audition tape out there. I want to see somebody just go off. But uh, we'll see.
1: I think you guys are really circling around kind of my feelings about this defensive line and and the reserve guys especially I mean you know we kind of know the starting three are going to be Grady Jared, Anthony Rush and, and Taquan Graham but there's like some scrappy guys fighting for some of these reserve and rotation yep. roles but they're it's tough to look at any one of them and and say you're going to be an impactful player on Sundays and that's just kind of where the Falcons the Falcons kind of are is they're trying to build the floor of this roster for the future you usually don't find many impact guys doing it that way, right? They're they're trying to build the overall strength of the roster for future years so that they've got a good base that they can then build on top of in free agency and pick their spots. But you know we're just going through the process right now, and and that's what 2022 is. It's you know we have fully become Philadelphia, and we are trust the process um, down <laughs> here in Atlanta for 2022. But sticking with that, uh, Ovi, how much should we see the starters play on Saturday? I know that. When it used to be four preseason games, the third game was the dress rehearsal, right? Now there's only three. Some teams are are approaching it a little bit differently. Uh, you know, Arthur Smith has kind of been a little coy, as much as you know he tends to be with saying, you know, they're they're going to give some guys looks, some guys not. It's all about you know what they need to see specifically, which is just a great non-answer, honestly. Yeah. Um, but how much do you want to see the starters on Saturday?
3: Back in the day uh, with the fourth preseason game, uh, either the starters wouldn't play at all or we get like one drive. And that's it. Just like mm-hmm. usually the first pre-season, game, first preseason game when there were four, we wouldn't play at all or we get one drive. Um, now that it's three games, I feel like the starters should, should do more than one drive. You need to make sure that your timing is down with the live bullets. I say a whole first quarter wouldn't hurt anybody. So you get a couple drives, you know, two or three, and just do the first quarter. Make sure you guys are fresh, but you're not overworked or put yourself in, in harm's way because other teams will be putting their second and third string out there. And you do not want your starters playing with somebody who's trying to live out their life's dreams and make a team and will do anything and everything necessary to be noticed, even if it's a little bit dirty. I've seen several last preseason games have def- def- desperate people do some crazy dirty stuff. So, you don't want your <laughs> starters out for that, but you also don't want them to be rusty going to the first regular season game because we say it all the time. Even though the game, first game is a long way from the 17th or 16th, 17th game, they still count the same. Yeah. Making a mistake in that first game and saying, oops, we weren't ready. We weren't, you know, lubricated. We weren't, you know, all in, in sync. We were all excuses that will keep you out of the playoffs. Again, not our concern this year, but those kind of games still <laughs> matter. So, I, I feel like, a quarter is safe.
2: Yeah, I think uh, for me, you know, I, I wouldn't be against seeing s- several of the starters as, as Ovi puts it, but there's there's probably a couple of guys I'm like, hey, you know, I, I don't need to see CP or Kyle Pitts or whatever. Do yeah. the Dan Quinn thing where he would throw Matt Ryan and Julio out for one snap, they start the game <laughs> and then pull them off the field, right? You know, <laughs> one, like, snap? One, one snap. snap. Yeah, yeah one he did snap. that
1: a couple of times. I mean, yeah, man, and man. so,
2: um, I I, I would, I kind of, there's a part of me that kind of wants to see Desmond Ritter start this game at quarterback um, and go through the entire first half, Yep. go into halftime, come out of halftime because Mario is going to be the starter and presumably for a good chunk of the season at the very least. Uh, and so this was going to be the last opportunity for Desmond Ritter to sort of simulate what it is like to be a starting quarterback until yeah. the day arrives that he'll actually be the starting quarterback. So I would like to see that. You know, I don't necessarily need to see more of Marcus Mariota. I think we, we kind of know what he is. So I want to kind of see Desmond Ritter get some action with some of the starters. Again, put CP on the side, put Kyle Pitts on the side. But like, you know, given that we're talking about we don't know who the starting center is, you kind of want to see the starting offensive line out there to kind of figure out, answer that question. Um, you kind of want to see some of the second string Players, you know Brian Edwards, yeah. Tyler Algier, some of these guys, Keith Smith, get surround Desmond Ritter with you know some more starting caliber players, uh, and and see what he can do in that situation, uh, and and you know let him get three quarters, and then you can throw Felipe Franks out there in the fourth quarter and just you know <laughs> just run triple option, uh, you know for the, the the remainder of the game to salt away everything.
1: I I absolutely love that idea of of starting Desmond Ritter because frankly I thought they would do that in the second game. Um, because it really does, I think, benefit everybody to see him in that in that kind of role. The big issue and knock, I think, at Cincinnati was that he had a tendency to really start games flat and, you know, miss a lot of his targets in the first quarter. And then he would kind of get into a rhythm and get going. And then he was great. And it was Desmond Ritter is, is good and he's leading us to the playoff and all that good stuff. But it's. I do wonder if in this final chance to get an evaluation, especially given how crowded and log jammed it seems at wide receiver, kind of from wide receiver four through six or however many they want to keep on this roster, do they, do they give some of those guys run with Marcus Mariota early in the game, play maybe one series with Mariota, don't start any of your kind of top guy. Maybe Ryan Edwards is, is your top guy, but obviously Kyle Pitts, Drake, London, like CP, his top targets aren't really going to be out there. Just to get that chemistry and one more look at what Marcus Mariota looks like throwing to Kadaral Hodge, who he has seemingly built a little bit of a connection with in these first two preseason games. Like he's looked his way a couple of times. And I wonder if they do that, but I would love if they just send Desmond Ritter out there with the very first team, say, hey, you know, rookie, you own the show, you yeah. set the pace. This isn't going to be you coming in once the offense has already gone on a touchdown drive or we're handing you a 13 to nothing lead. You go build a lead and, and you do that. Like, how important is that to see OV, from a young player to say, OK, you can start from zero zero and you can get us on the board first and you can keep us ahead and you can do these things that it takes to win a football game in 60 minutes?
3: Oh, it's paramount. It's one of the most important things you want to see out of your your young star. And um, I think that having him actually do it, not come in halfway through or come in, Uh, you know, once things have switched up and they've gotten the second and third string guys out there. But to play at least three quarters or a full game, I wouldn't be afraid of it because, again, we know what Mariota's going to do. Mariota's going to do. I think Desmond Ritter is at some point going to take over uh, the reins for Marcus. And if he does this and is, uh, you know, able to be cool, calm, collected, to manage the troops, be able to deal with adversity, to come back... That's going to make the Falcons feel a lot more comfortable to make that switch. Uh, not not if, but you know when that happens.
1: How important is it to win your final preseason game? Does that matter, literally at all? No, absolutely, <laughs> positively not.
3: I think Eric can co-sign that. It does not matter because you got people who will not be there the next day playing on the field. And granted, they're playing for their lives, but they're also playing for other teams and so they're they're not really playing as a team. They're playing as individuals. They're playing as, you know, people who are trying to get that sack or get that interception, to jump that route, you know, to to not get the first down but you don't want to go get a touchdown. So it's not going to be rep- representative of uh how things really are for your team.
1: Last main topic for for the game and I'm so excited for the preseason to be over and us to actually talk about like Real Game football. strategies like real football, like how yeah. does the run defense stack up against you know Christian McCaffrey or what like you know actual meaningful things? Because I'm making all these outlines and it's just like roster that's battles. Better. Cool, let's talk about roster battles for 25 minutes. You know, like that's the only thing there is to talk about. Um, but Aaron Jared Bernhardt started this training camp kind of as the fun story. You know, the really prolific college cross player who had a great one season. Um, playing quarterback uh, in his lone year of college football, comes as an undrafted free agent, made the game-winning catch in the first preseason game, three catches, 67 yards, leads the team in the second one. He has kind of slowly been creeping into more training camp drills, things like that. He's been really productive throughout all of camp. Is there a shot that he has to make this roster with another good game on Saturday? And if there is, what does he need to do in your mind to kind of lock up one of these 53-man roster spots?
2: Yeah, he's, he's definitely got a shot. Um, I think he'll need to have a really good game as a receiver, um, which will basically force the Falcons' hand to be like, hey, this guy's not going to clear waivers if we cut him to put him right. on the practice squad. So we're just going to keep him on the roster for a matter of time so that we can make sure that, you know, everybody else has filled all their wide receiver needs and they're not going to scoop him up uh, off the street. Um, I think the real key for Jared Bernhardt is to have a clear cut role on special teams. Like we mm-hmm. know he's not going to necessarily be the top dog in the receiver room. Um, and I think it's interesting that they've been working him as the personal protector on the punt team uh, in the second halves of all these preseason games. And like, if you know, Eric Harris has been the primary guy in, the, in those situations and we know Eric Harris isn't going anywhere um, you know, I thought we might see a little bit more of Avery Williams in that role this summer, but so far we haven't really seen him. Um, You know, I think if, if the Falcons are going to justify keeping Jared Bernhardt, it's not going to be because he's going to be playing much wide receiver on Sundays. It's going to be because he has carved out a role on special teams and that personal protector on the punt team. Uh, so if he can go out there in addition to having, you know, Six catches for, you know, 89 yards or something and then two touchdowns mm-hmm. on Saturday and also get like two or three special teams tackles yeah. on, on punt coverage. Mm-hmm. I think that will go a very long way to him making that jump from a guy that I think everybody agrees is going to be on the practice squad uh, if, if the Falcons uh, have their choice uh, to a guy that will actually make the 53.
3: Yeah, so basically, he needs to go off. He just needs to go off, <laughs> <laughs> have a bananas game. And, you know, it'd be fun. Like, uh, you know, I, we're, I'm going to the, to this game. A lot of Falcons fans. This is the only home game, so we're a lot of people are going to this game. There so I, I can't wait to be there in person and watch to see what he does. Because I, I I'm, I'm an underdog guy. I'm rooting for the guys who um, probably are right there on the bubble on the edge. And he's one of those guys. So it'd be, it'd be nice to watch him go off and live out some NFL dreams.
1: Yeah. I'm looking at the snap counts right now. He played five um, special team snaps against uh, the jets, 19 snaps um, on offense in that game. He is somebody who, you know, you talk about if, if Marcus Mariota does start this game and maybe gets uh, a 12 plays or so, I'd love to see Jared Bernhardt out there with, Marcus Mariota, you know, kind of because like that's who he's going to be if just everything goes wrong for the Falcons receiving core early in the season and, and you're relying on they're going to be in there with Marcus Mariota most likely unless it's late in the year. Then you've got plenty of time to build that chemistry. But also it gives you, I think, a better idea of what a player's ceiling is if he's out there against kind of the the twos mostly, but he's an undrafted free agent rookie like this. You get a little bit better sense of, all right, where are you in your learning curve? Actually. And he's kind of passed every test so far. Like if Hard Knocks was in Atlanta this year, he would be Mr. Hard Knock. Like they would rename the show the Jared Bernhardt hour. Like it it would just be all over this dude. And he is the type of player that I think should play a lot in this game because it unless he's Aaron, let's go down this rabbit hole a little bit because Matt Gono is the last player who the Falcons, you know, it seemed like he was a practice squad lot kind of when they drafted him that they ended up putting on the 53 man roster because they were afraid other teams were going to poach him from their practice squad. There was kind of that buzz about him already around the league. You know, not every team has their player that's like they don't want to lose them to other teams where, you know, most teams are aware of who is out there, but not as in love with the players as maybe the home fan base is. What do you put the realistic uh, realistic odds right now at Jared Bernhardt being scooped up by somebody else if the Falcons do decide to cut him with hopes of you know landing him on the practice squad at some point?
2: Uh, you know, I, I think those odds exist. I think if you're looking at the players that you know are on that bubble, he's probably at the top of that list of, of guys that you could feel like you know has done enough this preseason to earn an opportunity elsewhere in the league. Um, I don't think the odds are super, super high like that. And I think part of that, you know, w- when we compare it to like Matt Gono, where we know there's a dearth of good quality tackle depth in the NFL, right. It just aren't that many good offensive linemen, you know, wide receivers, no <laughs> offense to them, but they, they kind of grow on trees. Right. So it's not hard to, to, you know, you, you open up your cupboard and, and there's a wide receiver there. Just waiting, just <laughs> throw him the ball. That sort of thing. So I, I don't think um, Jared Bernhardt is, people are going to be knocking down his door to be like, we got to get this guy so that we can start him. But um, I do think, you know, as of today, the, the odds are pretty good that someone will scoop him up. And obviously, if he has a great game on Sunday or Saturday and goes off, as I always said, um, you know, those odds go up.
1: Well, Arthur Smith loves him, you know, so we, we know that he's not going to want to let him get scooped up. So that, that's a huge wrinkle in all of this anyway. But no, I, I think Jared Bernhardt's going to be an awesome practice squad player if that is where he ends up um, and somebody who... Should have a lot of expectations coming into training camp next year, uh, but we'll see. I think a, I think a big game, and he does have a real shot at the fifty-three man roster um, because he has kind of earned it, and that is what I think. Again, if if everything washes out in twenty twenty-two and the expectations aren't really there, you know, and and this is a little bit of a, a what do we have here year? I'm totally fine with taking a shot on a player like Jared Bernhard on your fifty-three. And just see what see what he can do. Maybe you've got a little bit of a diamond in the rough here. So um, that is going to be definitely a player that I'm watching closely on Saturday. Let's finish with this though, guys. Um, Aaron, starting with you, have your feelings about the 2022 cha- or season changed at all after training camp? Given kind of all the news that we've had over the last month,
2: uh, not particularly. I, you know, I, I think the, the weakness of the Falcons is still in the trenches, and I still have questions about that. Um, but I do feel a lot better about the quarterback situation, right? You know, I think a lot of questions surrounding this team uh, and why a lot of people are down on this team because the perception of last year's team was they're this awful roster and it's basically Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson sort of carrying them. That was kind of the narrative that came out of last year uh, to borrow a parlance from uh, Arthur Smith. Um, and I think why so many people are down on this team is because they perceive the drop-off from Matt Ryan, to Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, to be substantial, and I think what we've seen from this preseason is maybe that drop off isn't going to be nearly as big as we thought it would be. Now I don't know if that's you know as we saw last year, you know you can still have good quarterback play, but if you can't get the get it done in the trenches, you're not going to be a great (laughs) football team. But you know, so from that perspective, my overall sense of the team hasn't really changed uh, because I still have those concerns in the trenches, but I feel like the quarterback play will not be as bad as I think some people uh, have been saying it, it might be.
1: Ovi?
3: I mean, uh, you said it all right there. It kind of goes back to what I had said in the beginning. We're not going to be as bad as, as we thought. I think, uh, what was it, Pro Football folks? Somebody said we're going to win two games this year. and It was just... If it's rough needed, out there, man. Oh, if you needed locker you know, uh, bulletin board material, like, that's it. Two ga- two games? Like, one, two. We got 17 games and you only gave us two games. I would be... Livid, you know. I, again, even though I'm of the ilk that the less games we win, the better, because no one built a team winning five or six games. Uh, I, I feel like if we're going to go out there and give our all, more than two games are going to be won. That that's a given. So I, I feel good about this team. Preseason makes me feel even better. I'm excited to watch these boys play and let the chips fall where they may.
1: Ovi, I'm gonna have so much fun watching you just fall apart when they start <laughs> this year like one and eight, and then they win four of the last like seven games that they, they play. They always do that.
3: We're like three years doing that foolishness. Like I, they do not need to show out during the last four or five games if they're gonna lose. Yeah. lose gracefully, lose fighting hard. I feel like we we do ourselves a disservice when, when they try again. They do what they're supposed to do, but as fans, it just. I hate watching that, us being right there in the middle every year, which doesn't help us either way.
1: All right, you guys heard it here first. When Desmond Ritter goes four of five as a starter, um, Ovi's going to be pissed. He's going to really he's going to really hate it when uh, when Desmond Ritter takes over in week 13 and just oh, goes on a winning streak. So, yeah. Um, probably all right. Well, that's as good a spot to end it as any. Uh, thank you guys so much for for joining me. Please give Aaron Freeman a follow on Twitter at FalcFans. fans. Listen to his awesome Locked on Falcons podcast. Uh, Aaron, anything else you want to let anybody know about?
2: You know, uh yeah, if you follow me on, on Twitter, you, you can get some snark and sarcasm. If you're not into that thing, then you know, check out Locked On Fox.
1: There you go. If <laughs> you're not into Dave, that thing. <laughs> Dave, Dave is words and beer and your snark and sarcasm. Uh that's very fitting. Um, Ovi, you guys can follow him on Twitter at Ovi Mahaley at thirty four. What do you got cooking, Ovi? What what content is, is coming out of your oh, your life? Man.
3: I'm just uh, getting ready for this season and and my snarky sarcasm is not to the level of where either of you guys are, but uh, I got a lot that I've been holding and I got to let go now.
1: Awesome. Well, again, thank you guys so much for joining me to uh, break down the final preseason game. Um, Everybody, please stay tuned for the conversation and interview with Deion Jones from Wednesday's practice, his first back with the Falcons. Um, So you will hear all that right now, but thanks again, guys. Take care. How y'all
4: doing? We're doing great. And a better
0: question for you. How are you? How are you doing? Uh, doing Dion? good.
4: Happy to be back out uh with my team and finally getting back into it. How Did tough was
2: the road you... to recovery for you, Dion?
4: I can hear you.
2: How tough was the road to recovery and
4: making it back on I mean, the I mean I guess I guess recovery is tough on everybody, mm. uh mentally, physically. And it's just taking it one day at a time, getting back into it. But I have people around me, mm. team, keeping me in coverage, so it was all good. Did the coach said you're going to have to compete for uh, your, your spot. Uh, what's your mindset as you got to I mean, every year I come in and there. compete for my spot. Mm-hmm. Every year we come in and compete she for our good. spot. So I'm cool. Like, it is what it is. Did mm. you think you'd
0: actually be back in Atlanta? W-
4: was there a question yeah, I had, for you? Yeah, I had no question about me being back here. I figured I was going to be back here, and I was just getting my mindset ready and my body ready to come back.
0: So, when I mean, you see rumors about possibly being traded. What goes through your head? Like, do you when you
4: see those things? To be honest, didn't even see them. I don't really be on social media during the offseason. But, um, yeah, if I would have known something, if it was something serious, Art would have called me, my agent would have called me. So other than that, I was just locked in getting my getting my body back. How would you stay on top of the defense and, uh, you know, making sure, you know, you could, you know, get back in there when, when you know, the time was right for it. I was just staying locked in on the installs, keeping my iPad open. When they have an install, I was in there going over the same routine and, just stand fresh on the place. Dean yeah, what do you think of Foyer's big contract they got with Jacksonville? And can you tell us a little bit more about playing with him over the last uh, couple of years? Foyer was an awesome teammate. Um, you know, he, he went off to Jacksonville and he got exactly what he deserved. And uh, that's just a product of his hard work and I'm proud of him. And uh, I can't wait to see what he do up there. But as I know they for sure got a great player, great teammate. And that's just the type of foyer per, uh, person for you is. How what, smart is he
2: on the field, instinctually, and obviously he's got pretty darn good education as well. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh,
4: he takes he takes that same um, that same mentality that he took to apply himself in school and apply himself on the field, and it, it pays big dividends for him. He does. It, it works for him.
0: Just to get the timeline on this straight. When did you actually hurt the shoulder?
4: Uh, been man. It's been uh, just like a wear and tear thing, and finally just got it done feeling healthy and like I said, ready to get back with my team. When did you get it done Off season?
0: that's a long time. It, it,
4: it, it, it is a long time. I
0: know. So are we talking early off season or are we early? Talking...
4: early off season. Like I said, just working back into the process. Huh. Was it a scope mm-hmm. or is it, a... it was a little clean up a little clean up. Clean
0: up. Mm-hmm. How much did that affect you last year?
4: Well, I mean it has its up and downs with, you know, playing injured, but I mean it's cool. When, Can't a, use that as an excuse
0: I remember last year When we were talking Toward the end of the year You basically said You were learning A new position mm-hmm. With, with Foyer gone With other You know With kind of The churn- turnover that's happened Are you back how do, Where do you view yourself I guess playing this year Is it back where uh, you were or is To be it honest where I'm learning all
4: the spots At linebacker right now um, Just being prepared The more you can do And wherever I fall That's where I fall
0: Are you okay If they make you play Or ask you to play Special teams so Are you okay with that I'm perfectly fine
1: Deion, what is your comfort level with this defense going
4: into year two? Uh, I definitely have a better outlook on the defense this year. Uh, I had a chance to look back and figure out where I could help and where I could get better, and just being honest with myself and having a new outlook this season forgetting it and pick up where I left off. What
1: were some Did of the two? lessons that you learned going back? And uh, it
4: was more just like working in more space on the sidelines, uh, being outside of the, on the outside of the formations, just a little different feel than being in the middle, and that was basically the angles, the adjustments. I feel like I'm pretty good with something I worked on during the offseason. And like I said, just coming back and getting back at it. How's your mindset, you know, being a former all-pro to, you know, now you got to go to the back of the line and, and work your way back to to I mean, the top? I mean, I, I really feel like I've, I've been doing that every year, just working for my spot, always coming in and compete. And, I mean, it just feels normal, like another day at work.
1: Mm-hmm. Similar question, but... What's your mindset been like ever since you were a shaker? You've been out, you're back. What's that mentally been
4: like? Mentally? Been like? I yeah. mean, with any injury at first, it's kind of, you know, rough. But um, yeah. moving forward and getting healthier, I've started feeling more confident, feeling better, and eager to come back out here and play. Dion,
1: I know the injury is the big story, but this off season, you had a pretty big event happen. You got married. Yes. Can you tell us about
4: it. Oh, that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed every bit of it. And... um, I got a wonderful wife, and like I said, um, just constantly doing great things over the offseason and feeling better about myself, and just ready to move forward into the season. How does it feel just to be back here, back with your Bro, Awesome. I can not wait to get back out here. I uh, feel the energy, uh, fly around with my teammates, hit them talking. You know, it's just the little things in ball that we kind of take uh, for granted, and getting back out here and just being in the atmosphere was great.
0: Did you think you would get back before the end of camp?
4: Like what, was, what was the reality? I mean, I was just taking it one day at a time. Uh, I had hopes on getting back soon. And, um, I mean, I feel like this is a great time. What's
0: it like stepping into the middle of camp with a lot of new faces,
4: obviously, on this team? Oh, uh, while I was over on the side, I got to learn a lot of new faces. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, just take, like I said, as soon as I came on, on, on campus, just learning everybody one day at a time, trying to figure out where they're from, who they are. And I, it's, it's still a process. <laughs> um still kind of like missing a couple names, but I feel like uh, I'm on the right path to you know, getting to learn my teammates and moving forward for this season.
0: You got some more name tags or something? Huh? You
4: got some more name tags? Nah. Face, <laughs> face ID. <laughs> Did you need a few plays to feel that energy hitting somebody again after a talk? Oh, I couldn't wait for that play. Uh, I was kind of hoping it happened early. It happened today. happened a couple times. Like I said, just knocking a little rush off and getting back into the groove of things and having fun with what I'm doing, doing huh? what I do.
1: For the first day back for you to be a joint practice, how beneficial is that,
4: that you're getting to face somebody else day one? Oh, yeah, that was fun. Um, I missed I missed the first uh, one with the Jets, and uh, I'm glad I got to get in one. This is my second year doing a joint practice. Definitely wanted to get hope- another one under my back. <laughs>
1: what do you like
4: about it? Um, Just uh, new faces, new faces to compete with, uh, new scheme, okay. you know, just constantly crafting and not seeing the same thing every day. Are you hoping to get some action Saturday? We'll see. Like I said, just taking it a day at a time, working and progressing.
0: How close, I mean, how close to normal, maybe, how close to
4: normal do you think you can do or how close to where you want to be? I'm close. Your... I'm close. Like I said, just, just a process of just getting back into the groove. So is it, it's fully just shaking
0: rust off or is there still some stuff with the shoulder that it's you're like? shaking yeah. rust
4: off.
1: Deion, it looks like you've added a little bit of muscle this off season. Was that by design?
4: Uh, I think, I thought I'd
1: do that every offseason. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um. I think it's just the the other arm feeling out a little bit more and me uh, me feeling healthier and like I said, just ready to get back to ball. Was no. it that or was it for the wedding games? <laughs> A little bit of
0: both. <laughs> In also I mean you look at all of the guys who had big contracts on the with from the last staff, mm-hmm. a lot of them move on, a couple of guys get extended. When all that's happening and kind of nothing happens with you, what goes through your head when you're seeing all those guys either move
4: on or I am very excited for those guys. Like, anytime someone gets paid or another opportunity, it's always a plus in my book. And I feel like once once we're here when we ball together, we ball brothers for life. So, I mean, I see them on the other side, wherever. I mean, it's still love.
0: I meant just for your for your own situation when, you like, everybody's kind of getting re-
4: resolution, I guess, and you're not. I thought I was getting a resolution. I don't know. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm great. Okay. Yeah, I'm great. So, like I said, when I see my boys doing good, I'm, I'm even happier. Anything
1: else? Dion, you did say that you awesome. know you had a lot of time to observe and, and learn names and obviously, but what's impressed you from the outside looking in on this defense so far?
4: Outside looking in, um, I just like the way uh, we're growing as a defense. Uh, last year, um, you know, Dean uh, added a couple new things this year, and watching them how they play out and how they work out, I'm really excited to get in there and start, you know, using these tools and, like I said, getting better with just progressing the defense, getting better. Cool. Thanks, Dion. Thank you.
1: Thank you all for listening to today's episode, which is presented by Bet BetOnline. Um, we've got a busy few days coming up on the podcast, so I'm going to do a little housekeeping and just give you guys some some expectations of uh, what's to come. So we will have the final uh, pregame warmup of the preseason dropping uh, shortly before today's Falcons Jags game. Uh, After the game, we will have a Falcons-Jags recap uh, breaking down, you know, the final preseason game, how that could uh, impact roster cuts, which are coming up um, next Tuesday, and, you know, get into kind of all of the fallout from uh, the final preseason game. On Monday, you can expect a fantasy football-oriented episode. Uh, So anybody who is thinking about Drafting any Falcons players or, you know, wants uh, a few names to really keep an eye on. I had a wonderful conversation with Danny Kelly of The Ringer, who really, really knows his stuff. um, And is somebody that I admire uh, greatly in kind of the fantasy football field. So definitely want to check that one out before any of your drafts. Um, Then Tuesday morning before the 53-man roster cuts, uh, I will have kind of my official 53-man roster prediction uh, and what I expect to, you know, happen. Obviously, this is bound to be wrong, um, but it's going to be fun exercise and and just me highlighting a little bit of, of players who I think deserve a roster spot and, and why and, you know, maybe the outcome of any battles or things like that. So be on the lookout. And then after roster cuts um, are made, they must be made by 4 p.m. on Tuesday. I will sit down with Josh Kendall of The Athletic to kind of break down, react, um, analyze the final 53-man roster. Um, it may not be 53. The Falcons may decide to cut additional guys and, and look to pick some players up on waiver. So Josh and I will dive into all of that uh, whenever kind of he's got a moment after after writing all the pieces, things like that. So be on the lookout for that either Tuesday evening or first thing Wednesday morning. Um, and that will be kind of our reaction to the official end of really the preseason. So thank you guys again for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you will continue to check out the feed um, for the remainder of the preseason and on into the season when the real action starts. Um, And so please pass along the podcast. If you enjoy it, let everybody know where they can find us, which is wherever they listen to their podcasts. Um, Get excited for the last preseason game, because that means that the regular season is right around the corner. Um, I'm excited. I hope you guys are as well. And as always, take care.
3: Thank you for listening to Believe.